everyone, and welcome to A Simplicit Life, this personal growth, self-help podcast for youth. My name is Rose, and I'll be your host. I remember nights when I cried for the things that I have now, and I remember times when I felt like giving up and giving in. I didn't see beauty in the struggle, but I see it now. So today we discuss rewriting your bad memories, rewriting your struggles to be brighter and better for yourself and finding beauty in every struggle. Let's get started. So I'm going to start by taking it back to 2016. I thought I'd try something new. (laughs) So yes, back in 2016, um... In August, I quit my job as a tutor. I couldn't take it anymore. I just, I hated the feeling that I was never right. I was, no matter what I did, I was always wrong. I was always going to be stupid. And I was a tutor at the time, math and English. And the place that I was working at, they have a particular way of teaching students how to do certain math equations. But... Students would bring me their work and I'd grade it and I'd say, that's wrong. They take it back. They have to learn how to fix it themselves so that they can learn to problem solve and so that they can learn um, the method by themselves. It's that, that place was all about self-teaching and self-learning, you know? So I had a student who kept coming back to me, kept coming back, kept coming back. Every single time she'd change her answer, but it was wrong. She's not understanding. I don't know... Why? But she's not understanding. So I taught her my way of doing fractions. And she started to get the questions right, and she ended up finishing her booklet. But at the end of her booklet, my boss was watching her do her fractions, and he was like, oh, you're doing it wrong, you can't do it like that. And he was like, who taught you to do it like this? And she said, basically, you know, Rose taught me. (laughs) So... He came over to me and he's like, why'd you teach her to do it this way? Like, this isn't how you're supposed to do it. You have to do it a different way. And I was just like, this is so stupid. The point is not, oh, we have to do it a particular way. The point is, do you understand? Do you know why um, we're doing it this way? Do you know why this is one whole and this is like a quarter of a whole? Do you know why? Do you know how to make a whole? Because the other method wasn't, she wasn't, understanding like the point behind a whole number and like a whole and one third you didn't understand why 12 over 3 was actually four holes she didn't get it she didn't get the division of it she didn't get like the visualization and that was my last memory of the workplace I just thought it was so stupid and like why am I getting in trouble for teaching a student how to do things a different way teach her how to understand what she's doing because when you're in school the teacher doesn't care how you do it as long as you get the answer right when you're writing a test they don't care how you got the answer as long as you didn't cheat and you got the answer right so I just start to feel like no matter what I do it's always wrong even though after I taught her she was just speeding through she didn't need you know to keep coming back and like she can move on in her booklets even though I helped her to move forward, I still got in trouble. And then once he retaught her the way that he wanted her to learn, 
she started getting them all wrong again. It didn't make any sense to me. And it, it, I just felt like no matter what I do, it's always going to be wrong. And I'm so tired of feeling that way. I'm so tired of feeling like I'm stupid. And mind you, I really shouldn't have felt stupid. I was at school acing math. I was top of my class. Back then it was the world to me because it's like, oh snap, I got my first plaque. Nowadays when I look at the plaque, like my mom likes to hang them on the wall or display them. But when I look at it, I'm like, no one cares if I got a plaque for high school math. <laughs> Beyond the point. The point is, I was just tired of feeling like I wasn't good enough. I was tired of feeling stupid. So I just, I just quit. I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. So after I quit that job, I was broke for four months. If you guys listened to the last episode, I spoke about how I manifested um, my jobs into my life. So... To go more in depth with last episode, not in regards to manifesting, but more in regards to just like my lifestyle at the time. So at that time, I was working at a logistics office and it was okay at first. Like I enjoyed it. I loved the job. I loved doing like payroll and stuff. I almost didn't want to quit because I loved the payroll so much, but I just had to. But let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. I started working there. It was fun. It was great. Um, we went out to a lot of company lunches and they would give out like free gift cards for no reason. Sometimes we'd get like free passes to like Adidas outlet or something like that. Like it was very like it was it was a, it was fun. I liked it at first. So let me say this. At the time, I was still doing my paralegal education. So I was still in school. So I was working part time payroll, part time school you know, or full-time school, part-time payroll. Even though I was working part-time, I felt like I was doing most of the work around the office. Like, I felt like I didn't feel like a payroll clerk. I felt like payroll clerk slash office administrator. That's what it felt like. Basically, what I would do is I started out with data entry, but then they ended up putting me on payroll. I started doing payroll. So after I started doing payroll, not only was I doing payroll, but I was helping the the bookkeeper do her filings. I was looking through her uh, financial records so that we could see like discrepancies. I was doing the checks. I was doing the filing. Um, I was doing a lot. I have a problem when I feel underappreciated. I like my brain just goes crazy and I hate everybody <laughs> because I feel like on the inside I know my value and I know that I'm worth it and it breaks me apart that nobody else can see that I'm worth it. So I'm working at this job and I feel like I'm doing a whole lot of work. I'm doing like a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, they hired somebody else around the same time as me. They adored him because he was working full time and whatever whatever else not i didn't care not to sound salty <laughs> i didn't care um how they felt about him until i felt like i wasn't getting my recognition so this guy he was basically data entry so he'd do the data entry and then i would take the data and then i would do the payroll you know, we were pals at first. We were like, okay, at first, like I used to give him drives home. Like I didn't mind him until I started to feel like I was being like taken advantage of. I didn't understand because 
So basically one day when everything turned around for me at this job was when I was filing away the data entry work, but the payroll wasn't done and my supervisor felt like, oh, why isn't the payroll done? You have to get the payroll done. But it's like, okay, but I also have to file away the bookkeeping stuff, file away the driver file, the data entry work. It was like, it's not that I was overwhelmed because in my mind, I usually like, I always get things done. By the end of the week, the payroll is done. Everything's filed away. Like, that's just how it is. All the bookkeeping is filed away. And here's the thing. That stuff was not my job. That was filing the data entry stuff was not my job. Looking for data entry stuff was not my job. Filing bookkeeping was not my job. But if people ask me to do it, sure, I'll do it. I hadn't felt like I was working so hard and like I was a good employee. Whatever you need, I can do whatever. It'll get done. Even though you're stressing out that the payroll isn't done yet, it's going to get done. Don't worry about it, you know. I felt like my coworker was half, half, you know, half a double dollar signing it. It came to pass that they gave my coworker a raise and they didn't give me a raise. And they were so happy with him. They were so content with him. They were like head over heels for him and whatever. And I was like, I don't get it. If you would just open your eyes and look, I'm doing all of his work. Because he's full-time, does he deserve a raid? I felt like because I'm part-time and I can get all this stuff done in like the three days that I'm here, I think I deserve the raise more than he did. Or I think both of us deserve a raise. Why do we have to juggle it? Like, why am I not worth a raise? So I started to get irritated and one day I remember I was doing, naturally I was doing the stuff I always do, doing the filing for the data entry, doing the filing for the bookkeeping, you know, looking through these people's whatever, doing whatever they asked me to do and my coworker who got the raise comes in and he's like, hey, uh, file these and he drops it on the desk in front of me and he just walked away as if to say like, yeah, this is your job now. I don't do this. This is your job. And I was like, Skirt! what? <laughs> because I was like, I, it was like in that moment, I realized like I'm undervalued here. I this guy came in, dropped the papers on my desk, said file this and then left. And this isn't even my job. This isn't in my job description. So I was like irritated. I was like, why am I doing this guy's work? What I had end up, ended up doing was I stopped doing his work cold turkey. I'm like, you are capable. I see you sitting on the computer doing nothing. You're sitting on the computer watching YouTube videos. And I'm here doing the stuff you're supposed to be doing. And then you're going to get the raise. No, 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 no. You do the work. And I told him that. I'm like, no, you do it. And he said, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't care if you're not going to do it. It's none of my business, right? Like we had a boardroom, right? So the boardroom is where all of the documents are. So he would come into the boardroom and drop his work on the table thinking that someone was going to file it. <laughs> I don't know who he thought was going to file <laughs> those papers, but it wasn't me till it built into this huge mountain of paperwork. And I'm just staring at it like I'm not doing that. I remember our boss came in, the owner of the company came in and he's like, why are all these things on the table? Somebody has to clean this up. And I was just staring at him like, I don't know what to tell you because I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because you guys don't value me enough for me to do it. 
what had happened was they ended up hiring a couple more people on and those new people ended up doing it and I was like oh you know what it can't it can't be me because I felt undervalued so at this job I was starting to get really depressed and really sad so I started looking for a new job because I couldn't deal with feeling like I wasn't valued I know what I have to offer and I know I have a lot to offer and I can't stand it when people can't see that I want people to see what I see in myself I feel like I'm a very valuable person I feel like I'm a good friend I feel like I'm supportive I feel like I'm a good worker I'll I work hard I you know like I feel like I wish that people could see what I see in me. I wish people could understand and value me the way that I deserve to be valued. So I started looking for a new job. My eyes were just opened for some reason and I started to see my bosses come in luxury cars and my boss had like three or four Benzes. I saw my boss at the bank once and he showed me where he lived and I'm he lives in like this huge house and I was like you live in this huge house off of my back and off of everyone's back in the office, you know. At that time, we were getting paid nearly minimum, maybe like a dollar or two over minimum, so that you can have three Benzes, go on your vacations every other week, and so that you can live in this mansion. And it just opened my eyes, and I was like, why am I doing this for somebody else, you know? Why am I doing this for somebody else? And I was just like, honestly, like, I don't talk about it, but I felt very heartbroken to come to work every day. I started showing up to work late, I was unmotivated. I started calling in sick a lot because I hated going there and feeling like I wasn't enough. My labor is paying for your Maybach. Walking into that place is like a dark cloud over my life. That's what it started to feel like, a dark cloud over my life. So now when I bring it to present day, back then I was really negative. I was super depressed. Um, and so everything that I thought was always negative, I'll never amount to anything. And he's so lucky because he did this with his life. I never thought like I could do this with my life too if I really wanted to. I don't have to be working for the man all my life. I can do my own thing. I don't have to be working for somebody else. That was a struggle for me. And that happened back to back. That Every job I go to, that always happens. My current job, I love my job. Um... Is it the job I want to do for the rest of my life? Not necessarily. But I always think about it. These people, they get to live so luxuriously because of me, because of my labor, because I'm working hard. You know, at least at my current job, they give me raises. <laughs> when I had came to that realization that I didn't want to work for somebody for the rest of my life, I wanted to be my own person. I realized I don't want to treat my employees the way these people treat me. And I don't want to pay my employees dirt the way these people pay their employees dirt. I just don't want to. I don't want to have to pull up to the office in a G-Wagon and my employees pu is pulling up in like a 1998 Honda because that's all they can afford. It just doesn't make sense, you know? It doesn't make sense to me because it's kind of like it's being selfish. Clearly, you could afford to pay your employees more if you have like five cars, but you choose not to because you want to keep the profit. It's just something that's really selfish, you know? So that being said, um, I ended up leaving that job and going to another job. And there were other issues at the other job that taught me other lessons. But this job was the first job that I went to where I was like, 
my life changed from this job from seeing certain things at this job my life changed and in the moment i was just angry i was spiteful i was calling into work sick instead of really like looking at it really taking a glance at what was going on in my life and now today i have a friend who still works at that workplace like my best friend works at that workplace that was where we met. There's so many blessings that I got from that job. So many blessings. And now, sometimes I hear him complaining about the place because, you know, it's it's a pretty sucky place, let's be real. <laughs> but I remember one time he complained to me and he said, I hate this place, like what am I doing here? Um, so on and so forth. Why am I here? I'm not good at like all the things that I was thinking when I was working there. I'm so dumb. No one would hire me. Nobody wants me. I'm waste. I'm worthless. So on and so forth. All the things I was thinking. And so it was like a flashback. And that I think that was when I realized I really took in the lessons that I learned. And I told him, honestly, God is showing you something and putting you through something. You're going through this for a reason, you know? There's a lesson to be learned at this workplace and maybe you're not done learning it and that's why you're still there. Because once I learned the lesson, I dipped. You know, I was Audi, like an Audi. So as that workplace taught me how not to treat my future employees, it taught me how not to pay my future employees. It taught me the type of environment I don't want to be in. It also taught me that I don't want to be working for somebody else for the rest of my life. It also taught me skills so that I can move forward onto a bigger, better job, you know? And I did. Find the beauty in the struggle. You know, there's beauty in the struggle. I was struggling. You know, the people who aren't struggling don't have to work while they're going to school, period. I was struggling. The next job that I had, I was working full-time and going to school full-time. That was the real struggle. That was the stru uh, 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 uggle. It was, it was bad. I lost my mind working full-time and going to school full-time, but it taught me so much. It taught me time management. It taught me to prioritize um, between school and, and friends and going out and whatever. Like, it taught me so much. I was able to buy a car and it was, like, it was a struggle. It's a struggle. You know, a lot of things, I wish I found beauty in a lot of the struggles that I had in the moment, but I didn't. But now that I look back on them, I'm like, dang, like, that really taught me a huge lesson. Like, every job I go to teaches me something that gets me to a higher place. I'm glad, you know, I'm so happy that I get the opportunity to learn whether it's a hard lesson or an easy lesson. I'm so glad. I have so many more work stories about finding beauty in the struggles at work, but I think we all know, even people like, you know, you hear Cardi B complain every single day. Everybody's struggling, you know? Even celebrities sit here and they're like, oh, I'm so tired, and oh, I'm working so hard. People have to cancel concerts because they're fainting. Like, everybody's having a struggle. Nothing is, is great all the time. Like, nobody is perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. Nobody's life is just all happiness and flowers and rainbows, you know? So, you know, I feel like finding beauty in that struggle makes life a lot easier. I'm gonna give you guys a little example of how I've grown in the respect to rewriting my negative memories. So a rock hit my windshield 
and it cracked all the way across like a little pebble hit my windshield and it just cracked it all the way across and I was irritated I was like wow are you serious but then I started laughing like I don't know I fell in love with it I fell in love with the crack in my windshield I fell in love with the scratch on my bumper I fell in love with the interior of my car as basic as it is like I just fell in love with everything about my car the rims even though they're like so I plastic dip the rims to be like it's supposed to be like red but it looks more purple <laughs> but like the plastic dip is coming off like you guys know how plastic dip works I just I'm too lazy to take it off right now it like I was going through it like my front brakes went and then my rear brakes went and I had to fix all four and then my alternator went my battery went it was like everything everything bad that can happen to your car just happened to me on a bi-weekly basis like literally every time I got paid I was putting money away to <laughs> to put on my car to the point where now I, I include in my budget plan fixtures for car because I have to put money away because I can't <laughs> I have to put money away in case you know and I just felt like I don't know I fell in love with it I fell in love with that struggle of my having my car and like the reason I fell in love with it was because I knew that I'm not the average Joe and one day I am going to be doing all the things that I want to do and that I I've been planning to do and one day I'm gonna look back and I'm gonna say remember that time when I had that car and this happened remember that time when I almost gave away my car remember that time when I wanted a luxury car at 22 years old remember that time when I almost spent all my money on getting something that I didn't need like remember that time I'll always be saying remember that time and I'm just so excited to be able to look back and just say remember that time like I'm so excited and I fell in love with the struggle of my car so much so that I never want her to die like I'm, I'm afraid she's gonna die because I want my daughters I want my daughters and my sons to be able to drive her like I want my old car to be their first car because I want them to feel that that beauty in the struggle like okay you don't have the Audi you don't have the Benz you don't have the BMW you don't have the Lexus but you have something and it'll make you work harder for what you actually want you know and it just like I just get so excited sometimes I sit in my car and I'm just like I hate you but I love you so much <laughs> Finding beauty in that struggle. Finding beauty in knowing that it's not going to be like this forever. And finding the lessons that you learned. So from my first job, I learned I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. I thought I wanted to work in corporate before that. I did. Working there, I realized this is not what I want to do. I realized that I, ha I have self-worth and I shouldn't settle. After that job, when a job said, hey we're going to pay you this much and I know I'm worth more, I'm sorry, I can't accept your offer. You know, I used to be so afraid to not accept offers. I used to just settle for anything. Now I know my worth, you know? Car struggles taught me, it taught me how to budget my money so that I do have money put away for my car. 
not just like I have to splurge last minute. My broke up car taught me the beauty in the struggle because I always find the beauty in what's going on now. All in all, what I'm saying is that not all bad things that are happening in your life mean bad. In this podcast, I will always provide you with tips on how you can grow and better yourself. Today, let's discuss how we can rewrite our memories into positives as opposed to negatives and how we can find beauty in the struggle. So tip number one to finding beauty in the struggle is to be mindful and be in the moment. So when I'm writing these tips out, I'm thinking what my mind was like in the moments when I came to realization that this problem is actually a blessing, you know, in disguise. Everything that happens in life is meant to happen in your life, good or bad. Everything has a lesson, and if you just stop looking at the negative side of it and look at the positive, who knows, maybe failing a class saves you from um, wasting money on the program you're in because you that failure made you realize that this is not your passion and this is not what you want to be doing, you know? You know, failing a class makes you realize that you really have to start working hard for what you want. Just be mindful of what lessons you're learning. For example, when I was talking about my car and how (laughs) it went through like this summer was it's like it got sick this summer. So when my car got sick, I'm going to call it getting sick because it's easier than explaining all the things that happened to it. But when my car got sick, I was always thinking and always like being mindful of how this could help me in the future what lesson am I learning from my broken windshield that could help me in the future something that I wasn't doing before another thing to be mindful about is the beauty you know being mindful is all about being in the moment smell it Ooh, it's a pie you know, <laughs> like, taste it, mm, it's a peach pie, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, what I mean is, don't just, like, when you're eating, don't just eat because you're hungry, eat to taste, what is the texture of the food, and I'm talking about food because all I do is eat, <laughs> so it's something that I'm specialized in, <laughs> no, but really, for example, with my car, I wanted a new car because I saw everybody else getting a new car and so I was also kind of preparing myself to buy a brand new Audi TT like 20 2019 Audi TT that would have been the biggest mistake of my life I promise you it would have been the biggest mistake of my life all because I was like brainwashed into thinking like I want to be like everybody else I want a new car too everybody else has one once I got over that phase. I started seeing so much beauty in my car. I started finding beauty in the fact, like the little dents and the little things, like the things that I've been through with my car, the interior of my car, you know, the smell of my car. I started to be more mindful and I fell in love with my car all over again. It's like the first day I ever got her all over again. And I really love my car even the keys like my keychain I fell in love with the keychain and I just became so mindful of the fact that I even have a car like 
my car's windows. I like the way the windows are tinted. I like the way the trunk opens. Like I started to become more mindful of the things that I have as opposed to the things that I don't have or the things that everybody else has. Tip number two to finding beauty in your struggle is to think how will this help me and why am I doing this? So this is something that I've started doing for like the past year. You know, every morning I wake up and I drive to work and on the drive to work, I sit there and I think, why am I going to work? How is this going to help me in the future? How is this going to get me to where I want to be? You know, it's a struggle right now. I have to work for somebody else right now. But in three years, five years tops, I'm going to be working for myself. How is this going to get me there? Okay, well, if I go to this job and I save money, I can pay off all my bills debt-free. If I pay off all my bills, I'll have more money to focus into my business. If I focus more money into my business, we'll have more marketing. If we have more marketing, we can really grow. If we really grow, I can be like nationwide. How is what I'm doing right now going to benefit me? So tip number three to finding beauty in the struggle is to reflect. I swear every episode I speak about reflecting. And the reason why is because reflecting really makes you realize your worth, I think. Thinking about how far you've come. I remember the time when I was working at that tutoring company and that woman kept like, beating me down made me feel like I was stupid but look at me now like just reflect on how far you've come and reflect on all the the struggles that you've had the next tip I have for finding beauty in the struggle is just having gratitude so when my car started to act up um you know when I got sad now I look at it and I'm like I'm so thankful to even be in a car you know I see people at the bus stop every day not that anything's wrong with taking the bus but like the fact that I can just hop in and go where I want to when I want to is the freedom that's what it is the freedom that driving brings like I'm so thankful for that even though I'm not at my end point even though I'm still working and I'm still working hard I'm so thankful maybe you're so thankful for being able to start your business to be able to quit your day job and just pursue what you love that's something to be thankful for and maybe you're struggling with the business you just started but find the beauty in it be thankful that you can even do something that you want to do that you love to do i think i think it's beautiful i think it's something to be grateful for tip number five to finding beauty in the struggle is to never stop working don't stop working don't stop working at it don't let little things that irritate you stop you from doing what you want to do right so for me if you guys listened to earlier in the story i was talking about how my co-worker would put all the work on me and i wanted to quit i wanted to quit because i knew at that time in my life i knew that if i quit i'd still be okay i could find another job i can go without pay for whatever time period i'm so thankful that i didn't quit don't quit keep going and then do better if people don't find you your worth like how i feel keep working at it and do better you know don't stop working don't stop trying just because other people don't see your worth or just because you feel like it's too hard because you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. So if you just quit, I don't want to do it anymore, it's too hard, 
then, okay, you're never going to get anywhere. You're going to find a struggle no matter where you are in life. There's always going to be a struggle because life is not perfect. And life doesn't go the way we want it to. It's just not like that. So it's either you fight through it, you work through it, and you do better for yourself, or you can quit and find a different struggle. But either way, you're going to find a struggle. So the key is to find what you want to do and never to quit. And the last tip I have, tip number six to finding beauty in your struggle, is to get excited. So what I mean is, <laughs> basically, every time something bad happens to me now, I get kind of excited because I'm excited for the lesson that I'm about to learn. Because every lesson that I've learned has helped me go further in life. And now I get excited because it's like, oh snap, I'm going through a hard, I'm going through a hardship. Right now I, I actually am going through a hardship because the thing with me is there's so much things I want to do in my life. I, I want to be a lawyer and I want to own a firm and I want to own a business of some sort. I also want to do this podcast and I want to be creative on YouTube and stuff. And I sometimes I wonder, how is it all going to intertwine? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, none of it correlates. Law doesn't correlate with YouTube and podcasting. I'm kind of excited because I know this sadness always, this type of sadness always leads to a better thing in my life. Like, every time I felt this way, this type of burden, kind of sadness and anxiety, it always led me to something bigger you know? And so I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what bigger thing is coming. <laughs> and so yes, that's the last tip. Get excited for those struggles because once you start to follow the other tips and you start to like find gratitude in it and you start to find the good in it and you start to find out why it's happening and you're more mindful, you're, it's not going to be hard for you to start getting excited when bad things are happening or quote unquote bad things because after every bad thing, there's a good thing. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but once you start to be more mindful and more gratuitous to your problems, you're going to be excited and it's going to be easier to get excited for the lesson you're about to learn as opposed to be scared of the outcome that may come from this um negative event I guess you could say <laughs> and with that I wish you well on your journey to happiness yes guys I'm sorry there's no mindful moments today um I don't know I just I just I don't know I feel like all the things that I speak about um I spoke about in the tips is pretty much the mindful moment all those things are what's going through my brain when I'm having a struggle, you know? So I didn't make a mindful moments today. Other than that, sorry guys, I've been gone for like three weeks. Um, I actually did record my last one, but I didn't finish. And honestly, my last podcast that I recorded, I think I'm gonna upload it next week, but It'll explain why I was gone for three weeks a lot better than me just saying it quickly at the end. Thank you guys for messaging me again. I did get more messages and I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, if you want to connect with me, visit me on Instagram or Snapchat at K-O-K-O-R-O period S-E. Or you can see me on YouTube at Simplicit period Rose. Okay, until next time guys. I'll talk to you in a week. 
拜。